Welcome back to Crossing Broadcast. I am your host, Kyle Pagan. The reason why that just totally effed up was because I was late to the broadcast, so I had to jump in on the intro. I apologize to Kevin. I, I don't apologize to Craig because he fell asleep during last yesterday's uh, or Tuesday's. Uh, so he can go fuck himself. Let's get into today's episode. We got a good one today. Uh, we got the Bat King on later from Victus Sports. He's coming on at 12.30 and talk about all his custom bat designs for Fernando East, Julio Rodriguez, Bryce Harper, all the likes. Um, but today, this morning, was just an absolutely wonderful morning. We had Mikey Miss going back on WIP for the first time in 20 years. Trey Turner's wearing number seven. That press conference is coming up at four. And then I love Twitter. I love Twitter. You know, when we can, when we can just discuss swapping humans – Brittany Griner for a war criminal and everyone is kind of like has their tweets uh, out and they're like, am I going to lose my job today? Or am I going to fire off this really funny tweet? Like that's, that's my Twitter. Like that's the Twitter that I love. So Kevin Kincaid, yeah. I want you to grade the trade. Yeah. We got to break it down. Brittany, Gr- <laughs> Brittany, <laughs> Brittany Griner for Victor boot straight up. Boot. You know, who says no to that trade? Yeah. <laughs> Do the deal. Apparently, everybody on Twitter says no or would have said no to it if they were in charge. But, uh, yeah, all of a sudden, everybody is uh, is an expert on, uh, neg- you know, foreign negotiations and arms dealing, you know. That like, is true. Let me just get in my let me just get in my surface level take, you know, based on like the one thing that I've heard about each of these people, you know, I uh I think it's funny because, of course, like it's, it's she's a basketball player, right? So everybody who has like even the slightest thing to do with sports is like, oh, I got to like get a tweet in about that. You know, I got to get a Brittany Griner take yeah. in here, you know. But uh, no, the funny thing is like, I, you know, it's funny because because everybody's everybody's like, well, you know, they didn't get enough in exchange. or I wouldn't have done this or whatever. You know, this wasn't a good deal. I'm like, dude, okay, the whole thing was a sham from the <laughs> from the beginning, right? I mean, like she was locked up on some bullshit. You know, they are a totalitarian bullshit regime run by a dictator who's currently invading Ukraine. Anybody who expected like a fair negotiation here is a dumbass to begin with, right? So let's <laughs> frame this properly, right? You were never gonna do you're never gonna have like a real negotiation with uh with the Kremlin, you know. What I mean, like if you if you wanted if you wanted to get more out of this, maybe we should have had Howie Roseman on line one with uh with uh Putin, you know what I mean? You gotta think you know, Biden being an Eagles fan, he's got to have a red phone into Novacare Complex to get Howie's uh, <laughs> Howie's thoughts on this. Yeah. Howie um, would have got a Howie would have got Brittany Griner. He would have got the U.S. Marine who's in prison yeah. over there. He would have got uh, he would have got the Flyers goaltender who's a uh, goaltender prospect. I can't remember his yeah. name. He would have yeah. got like an actually would have got like a conditional draft pick out of it too. Yeah. I know we should have just handed it over to uh, a political prisoner to be remained later. Um, here's the thing. If, if this was a fantasy football trade, this would be your group chat would be going nuts right now because you basically traded like Lamar Jackson for, uh, Quez Watkins right here. (laughs) And, and the guy who got Lamar Jackson, he's, he's in the playoffs already. There's a guy on the side motherfucking you because he's like, he's playing against the guy who got, who got Lamar Jackson, who got Victor Bloop this week, and he's fighting for a playoff spot. Like, if this was a fantasy football trade, the group chat would yeah. be absolutely exploding right now and losing their absolute minds. I mean, it, yeah. but you know what? In a way, it kind of united America for the first time, I feel like, in a while. I mean, even Micah Parsons got some tweets off. <laughs> Micah Parsons just tweeting about, you know, 
obviously he's got family in the military so he was kind of like yeah. you know what we got it we got to right. bring the marine back we got to bring the marine back yeah. and then he also fires off another tweet <laughs> he quote tweets <laughs> president biden and he goes we still ain't <laughs> voting for you so we know where uh yeah we know who uh who michael yeah. parsons might be leaning towards in, in, in the next election yeah. but um, did you have any idea that micah parsons was a republican 610-632-0975 yeah we're like we learned quite a bit from the uh britney griner victor boot um swap how many people do you think are saying belt too how many people do you think think it's pronounced belt victor belt kevin till you said something i thought it was victor belt so thank god you got the first <laughs> thank god you got the first one in i'll tell you that i the only reason i remember that is because they did like a 60 minutes special on the guy like a long, a long time ago, and it's and they've chronicled all the shit that he did or whatever. So I was like, all right, lucky I remembered that from back in the day. Else, I might have sounded like a dumbass on the program today. You know? Well, I mean, when you look at it, it's pretty one sided trade. I mean, you got a guy named Minister of Death right there. Is uh, that old the merchant, the merchant of death, oh, right? Sorry, so, merchant, yeah, yeah merchant yeah. of death. He sold yeah. weapons to dictators. He sold them to the Taliban. He's a war criminal and everything. And she doesn't even average a double double. So this feels like. <laughs> <laughs> I saw your tweet about the uh, the ESPN trade machine. I was like, yeah. oh, I can't believe I'm like, yeah. I, I was I was weighing. I'm like, I don't know. Do I do a Brittany Griner joke on Twitter? I guess. I mean, everybody else is doing it. So if everybody jumped off a bridge, would I follow them? Apparently, yes, I would. But uh, yeah, it depends. I mean, yeah. to Coney Palmyra, maybe, but the the uh, the Ben Franklin Bridge, probably not. The Betsy Rolson and Walt Whitman. Coney Palmyra, not. yeah, yeah. I, well, it's also funny too because. Uh, yeah, like your fantasy football commissioner would have like nixed the trade, probably. Adam, if they tried to do it in the NBA, Adam Silver would have said, "No, nah, we're not doing it." Yeah, yeah. David Stern would have gotten involved again. Yeah, um, it feels you know it just feels like Kurt Schilling all over again. I mean, America is trying to build back better. We have valuable arms, and what and we're giving away for Vicente Padilla and Omar Dahl. I mean, I don't want to say that Cody <laughs> Grinders Vicente Padilla and Omar Dahl. She's going to be a seven-time All Star, yeah. probably WNBA Hall of Famer. But in this sense, yeah. And you kind yeah. of give it away. But if yeah. you want to get one, uh, this is Kyle getting serious real quick. One okay. thing I did do some reading into this. Mm-hmm. The guy was going to be released in 2029. So seven years from now, he wasn't going to serve his full sentence. Yeah. He only got the minimum. I'm not fighting for the justice of the of the merchant of death. But I'm just saying, like when you put the facts into it, it's kind of like this guy was going to be on an expiring contract. You got to get exactly. something for him now mm-hmm. before he walks. At the, yeah. Exactly yeah. right. He was on an expiring contract. Yeah. And and you and the U.S. ate a lot of the money. They did. The U.S. Uh, absorbed most of his contract, right? So, uh, yeah, that's a that's a. I don't know. I just <laughs> the, the basically, basically you needed to be a Robert Quinn situation where you get you get the guy and then you hope he does nothing. He goes on IR, but the but the Bears, the Bears took you know the Bears took most ate most of the money up. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, let's let's talk about that. By the way, for everything that Howie has done right this year, slam dunk, best GM in the league, probably. I mean, he got the Titans GM fired, right? I mean, that happened live. That that broke while we were doing Rational Tuesday the other day here, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, Quinn is as uh, on the Ryan Kerrigan path of, you know, how how many like. Uh, well, what did they even call him? He hasn't even logged logged a um, a statistic. Has he? How many how many statistics has Robert Quinn logged? We knew he wasn't going to have seventeen and a half sacks or whatever it was, right? But I mean, he's just been like hasn't even been a been a thing. And the defensive line has played very well over the last couple of weeks, but he's had very little to do with it, which is which is the you know which is the right now part. you have to grade the Ryan Kerrigan trade over 
uh, as a better trade or was it a signing? Was it a trade or was it a signing? No, he was a free agent, but they gave up a fourth for, um, you know, for, for Quinn. And so it's like, I, you know, it's funny because they made, they added three guys on the defensive line. I mean, they added almost an entirely new defensive line. (laughs) Yeah. You know, but, um, yeah, I'll tell you what, guy. I did not think that Robert Quinn was going to be out there getting cardio all year. I know he only had one sack for the Chicago Bears, but I thought with him yeah. on the defensive line and him just being a backup to Sweat or Brandon Graham or Hassan Reddick, where they lined him up, I did expect more than a, than an IR knee injury. And we'll uh, we'll pay attention to that race of uh, he, who's going to have more stacks in their Eagles career by the end of it. Ryan Kerrigan with one, yeah. Robert Quinn with zero. Here's the funny thing. So, like, you know, when you go look at somebody's game log, I'm looking at it now. So, Robert Quinn, yeah, previously, previously with Chicago, acquired by Philadelphia. And then the only game that's listed here is the Washington game on uh, November 14th where he had two tackles. But the other games that he played in aren't even listed on his game log because he must not have logged a statistic. <laughs> So instead of just going zero 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 zero, zero it should, they, the games aren't even listed on there. You know, it's just crazy. I, I, I mean, fourth round draft pick is whatever. I mean, they're they're stocked for uh, next year anyway, and they they don't they only have a. I mean, the best fourth round draft picks they've pulled in recent years like Avante Maddox and um, I, I don't know, maybe like one or two other guys, but they don't normally hit on fourth rounders anyway. But yeah, I'm looking at it now uh, against Houston. He had seven snaps and didn't log. Uh, a statistic against Indy. He had 10 snaps, zero statistics. Uh, although I'm pro, uh, pro football reference are saying he had a quarterback hit against Green Bay. So he played 11 snaps. Yeah, he's barely playing either. So. Gross. Well, Gross. you know, anyway. What did you think of the um, – it's been a hot topic right now. Joe Giglio, I think, really started it. Um, Craig, if we can pull up Wentz 17 versus Jalen Hurts 22. Pretty interesting discussion going on right now. Um, obviously Carson Wentz back in 2017 is having an MVP season before the ACL, MCL, PCL, whatever CLs that he, uh, that he injured and whatnot went out for the year. But this yeah. is Carson Wentz 2017 versus Jalen Hurts 2022 wins 11 versus 10, uh, completion percentage Jalen 68% versus Wentz 60.7 passing yards, 3,005 for Carson 2940 for Jalen Hurts, uh, total TDs 29, 29 through 12 games. Interceptions, Hertz is at three. Uh, Carson was at six. Passer rating is pretty pretty telling right here, which I was shocked to see. Jalen Hurts passer rating 108.3 through 12 games, 102 flat for Carson Wentz in 2017. Is Jalen Hurts having a better season than Carson Wentz did in 2017, or does he have more weapons around him, which kind of helps him out? I mean, I think the answer to both of those questions is yes. Um, you know, and Joe combined the total touchdowns here, right? So had Jalen has a bunch with his with his feet, obviously, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but to me, the reason why I would say this is valid, um, and let's frame this properly, by the way. Joe was the biggest Carson Wentz hater on the on the planet. <laughs> More than Bob Wankel. But him and Bob were like, you know, or <laughs> like uh Carson Wentz hating, you know, can I say butt buddies? Am I allowed to say that? Um it- yeah. Yeah. And so I'm not surprised that it came from, but, but it's, but it's legit. Yeah. Because it's like Jalen Hurts is, is, is passing the, the passing eye tests. He's throwing some beautiful shit up there to AJ mm-hmm. Brown and to other guys, you know? And so it's, it's not like it's trumped up stats. It's not like he had like somebody busted off like a 99 yard screen pass or he's throwing deep. He's throwing stuff that he was not throwing last year and he's hitting on all that for sure. Um, 
that being said, I do I do think that Carson had the had. I think Jalen's got the better weapons overall, and the way I broke it down on the site, we can do it now, like as an yeah, extra let's break it down. Yeah, I'll do. I'll, so, I'll I'll lead it. All right. Yeah, yeah. Let's do the let's do the side by side comparison for each of the dudes that played that each each quarterback had. Better wide receiver one, Alshon versus AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Better wide receiver two, Devontae Smith versus help me out here. If you got to even think about it, there's your answer. Nelson Aguilar, right? <laughs> that's who it was, yeah. But yeah better Devontae wide receiver Smith is better than Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. Better wide receiver three uh would be Quez Watkins versus Torrey Smith. I'd say it's a wash. I'd say it's okay. like equal. Yeah. Wide receiver four, Zach Pascal versus do you remember? <laughs> Matt Collins. Matt Collins. Oh shit, yeah. Matt Collins. He's actually having yeah. a pretty good season. Um, and Zach, it's funny probably. though too because yeah, I you know, the, um, Zach Pascal has been like pretty good like blocking this year, and then like when he's been called upon when the ball finds him, he catches it and he turns and runs. You know, he, that's I mean he's he's playing like a you expect a WR four to to play. Yeah, so I would give him the edge for sure. So that's Pascal. three three wide receiver edge to Jalen Hurts and one. Yep. Tight end edge, Dallas Goddard versus uh, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz back then. I would agree with that. Offensive line versus offensive line. Wait, wait. There's a two tight. There were two tight ends. Oh, Jack Stoll versus. Was it Trey Burton? Oh, Trey Burton. I would take Trey Burton. I would take Zach. I would take the Zach Ertz Trey Burton combination over Dallas Goddard and Jack. So I mean, Dallas Goddard at some point may his best year may be better than Zach Ertz's best year ever. I don't know, but I mean. Zach, Zach Hurts was a huge weapon. He was Carson's best weapon. Mm-hmm. Now you're 100% agree. Offensive line versus offensive line. I had it as a wash. Okay. I mean, two of the guys are the same, Kelsey and Lane Johnson. Brandon Brooks was a all-pro, you know, pro bowl right guard for Carson, right? Carson then 2017 had Jason Peters for a little bit and then Big V on the left. I'd take Jordan Maialata over both of those guys. This is how I ended up breaking it down. And yeah. uh, Stefan Stefan Wisniewski came came in um, after Sayamalo, I guess, went out injured right that year. Uh, I think Sayamalo was the starting left guard, so Landon Dickerson. I, I, I yeah, I, I think that's probably probably a wash to be honest. And the running back is the interesting one too because Miles Sanders, you know, Carson had Legarrette Blunt, and then they traded for Jay Ajayi halfway through. So I mean, if if you're looking at like Blunt and Ajayi as one. Just for the sake of the exercise, let's, let's say they count as like one running back because they kind of split snaps. Would you take Blunt plus Ajayi or what Miles Sanders is doing this year? Can I go a little further? And I would say I would take Blunt, Ajayi, and Corey Clement over Miles Sanders, uh, Kenny Gainwell, and uh, Boston Scott. Is that fair? Sure. Yeah. yeah. I would say I would say better running back tandem. I would say better running back three. Carson Wentz had. So then when you add it all up, Jalen's got the edge with the receivers. Carson, we think, has the edge with the tight ends um, and the running backs, if you're going to look at it your way. Um, And the offensive line, we're calling a wash. I think if you had to break it out individually, take all the running backs and do them as one list or whatever, I think I would rather have this version of Miles Sanders than that version of LeGarrette Blunt or Jay Ajayi. Yeah, and Blunt was good that year, man. I mean, I it, it's crazy to say because I don't think Miles Sanders is a tier tier one running back. I mean, this year he may be. Stati- I mean, statistically, he's in the top six in most stuff, top eight. But um, I don't know. I just it's weird too because and they, and they both of these both of the quarterbacks played differently too. Carson had a lot of like Big Ben in him that year yeah. because he had this like escapability, but yeah. it wasn't it wasn't like Jalen's escapability where he was 
scurry out with his feet and like you know be moving to his right and throw a strike or whatever Carson would kind of like duck under guys or shrug him off or use his body to kind of like you know free himself up in the pie and he would like take hits in the pocket and he would get rid of the ball so they play differently but they're like you know I, I wrote that stuff and I'm like I'm sure the people at Facebook are gonna be like you're a fucking Wentz apologist or whatever you know but it, but I mean honest to god man I mean they're both like Jay, Jalen's 2022 if, if nothing else has been just as good as what Carson did in the in the games that he played back then I got another one for you. Offensive scheme. So you have Shane Steichen and you have Brian Johnson versus Frank Reich and John D. Filippo. I would call that a wash too, because I think Shane Steichen's going to get a, a job. I think yeah. he's going to get a head coaching job in the future. Yeah. And I also think that Brian Johnson is kind of a hot candidate right now, too. So it'll be interesting. Yeah, this is interesting too from Mo Dog. He says if we're comparing those years, we should look at the schedules too. If you really want to get into it, um, it's a bit apples to oranges, also with uh, Jalen's planned runs yeah i mean look you could say that jalen's touchdown numbers are a little bloated because i want to say that he still has the number one most rushing attempts in the red zone right so they're just set up for that you know it's it's easier for him to find the end zone you know if you're combining combining his rushing and his passing versus carson just throwing it you know i don't think that carson had a rushing could be wrong, man. I don't know if he had a rushing touchdown through those for the 11 games that he played i mean he did some things on his feet but he wasn't like they, they weren't running like, you know, QB draws and shit with him. You know what I mean? Like they weren't calling, you know, they weren't spreading out five wide men just running Carson up the gut, you know? So it's, it is, it is true. I mean, like the, the two quarterbacks play two entirely different games, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. And then from what I remember about the schedules, I just remember the theme of like 2017. I do remember there were some detractors who were saying like, the defense is just eating up these quarterbacks alive. They're playing like CJ Beathard and Brock Osweiler in back-to-back weeks. But I mean, what 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 have who have the Eagles played this year of uh, like quarterbacks besides besides Kirk Cousins and they beat Aaron Rodgers, who maybe maybe washed. You know, I mean, I don't. They, you could say probably the same thing about them not having not exactly murderers row for. The, and that's the thing with people like that's the big gripe with Jonathan Gannon about like, you know, he he never beats good quarterbacks. Realistically, like that's like 11, 12 quarterbacks in the league like that. You actually would be like, all right, I'll I'll build a franchise around maybe, maybe not even build a franchise around. But there's 11 to 12 quarterbacks that you're actually going to be like, you know what? I could see some promise in here, and I'd be okay with that guy leading my division. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, who, are, who are you gonna like? Right, it, it'd be naive to think that you're gonna you're gonna face like four elite quarterbacks in in a row. You know? And Jalen so, Hurts I mean, wasn't even on that list in the summer, so like that that he just got added to that list. Like two, yeah. I think you you could say was added to that list. Yeah. Um, so if I remember correctly, so I'm going to pull up the schedule here. They played Washington in week one. Cousins was Washington quarterback back then. They played Kansas City in week two. They lost to Kansas City. Alex Smith was still playing quarterback mm-hmm. for them. Then they played New York, who still had Eli, who had like washed Eli at that point. Uh, they played the Chargers, who I think had Tyrod Taylor under center that day. Arizona hadn't drafted Kyler yet. Who the fuck was playing quarterback for them? Let me check. Carson Palmer was still playing quarterback Jesus. for this. Yeah, and then they played Carolina. They beat Cam Newton. I remember that good Thursday night game yep. where they went down there and they won by five points. Then they got Kirk Cousins again. Then they got Bethard, Osweiler, and I think they went down and killed Dak, didn't they? Yeah, they picked him off three times. So Kirk Cousins twice, Alex Smith washed Eli Manning, Tyrod Taylor. Uh, <laughs> you know? <laughs> And then they got um who who is Chicago's quarterback, which was Trubisky back then. 
Was it true? It would have been Trubisky's rookie year, or yeah. maybe not. And then they got, and then they played Russell Wilson and um, Jared Goff, and then they got Eli again and Derek Carr. Derek Carr I want to yeah, say Derek Carr. Yeah. Well, I mean, then Kev, if you want to compare that to twenty twenty two, it doesn't get any better. It's Kirk Cousins and and Trevor Lawrence is probably the two best quarterbacks they've played <laughs> this year. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess depending on what you think of Rodgers, I don't and yeah. they pick the off choice, right? But I, yeah, I guess it's it's funny. I mean, I think when you do all these like big long exercises or whatever, and you do do your due diligence, I think oftentimes you kind of like the ultimate conclusion doesn't really change all that much, you know. I think then you get into like individual like opinion on that kind of stuff, you know, like what like like what do you think of Rodgers now, yeah. right? And then that helps that helps form whether you think this guy had a tougher schedule or not. But I, I think there's a lot of similarity. I, I remember I don't know if I was saying it to you guys earlier if we were talking about this on another show, but it does remind this season does remind me a bit of 2017 and the fact that like you know the defense one one unit the defense or the offense would just run out to such a get them like a huge lead and then it wasn't really. The other unit didn't have to do much, right? You know, because either the offense went went out to like was was putting up a bazillion points in the second quarter, and the defense could just kind of be conservative, or you know, in the case of like the indie game, the offense was total shit, and the defense won it for him. So it's exactly the kind of team you want—a team that can win in multiple ways. Like, like it's not like yeah. a it's not like a team that like relies on their offense. You know, if the offense has been pl- putting up twenty eight points per game, yeah, you know, you know, the defense can't you know stop a nosebleed or you know, special team sucks. I mean it. God forbid, man. They put the special teams together. It could be, uh, could be a good, yeah. a good. Well, they had a good yeah, it's funny because we didn't really talk about the game, the Titans game, all that much on Tuesday. Um, and that that was the first real like complete game that they played where all three of the units played played well at the same time. You know, I mean, special. I mean, Britton Covey looked like uh, Devin Hester back there. You know, it, the it reminded me a lot of the the Steelers game. Steelers game. Everybody put everything together, and yeah. that game was over by. Midway through the third quarter, so three games. So it took them three games to kind of get it back together. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not worried about the Cowboys. I'm not worried about the Niners. Only thing I'm worried about is: Am I going to eat dinner during the Cowboys game on uh, on December twenty fourth? And that's what it looks like right now. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that's going to be going to church. A lot of people going to be going to dinner. I mean, terrible, terrible time. I've already tried to put it in my girlfriend's mind that hey, listen, I have to quote unquote work during the game. So yeah, yes. push, yeah, push dinner back, but she's not, she's not, she's not taking that right now. So I well, think a lot of people then do the, yeah, a lot of people do the, uh, the service the night before so that they don't have to, so they don't have to do anything the day after. Right. But now it's mm-hmm. going to be like, uh, going to have to recalibrate on that front. You know, I think midnight mass is going to be a big hit this year. I think yeah. uh, I think the priest better bring out a good homily in midnight mass and maybe hold <laughs> off on, uh, hold off on more of the wines than he's used to. I just I would say this, this is like this is like Captain Obvious stuff too, but um AJ Brown, man, like that second touchdown that he caught the other day. Uh I, I don't I I seriously think that only Alshon, only 2017 Alshon is like the only guy going back to TO that makes that catch for the Eagles. Dude, it know? bounced off the the, the Titans uh defender's the, shoulder pad. Shoulder pad, yeah, and he just he grabbed it. it that was wild. That was a wild catch. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny too. He said something interesting that I never really thought about. Um, AJ Brown did when he was asked about the play because he said he wears the visor, right? Mm-hmm. And so he was saying that he didn't think that one of the things he pointed out was like, hey, I don't think the DB can see my eyes, mm-hmm. right? I never really thought about that. I'm like, yeah, you, know, you got to turn and get your head. I mean, you got to turn on your own to get your, you know, see where the ball is coming, right? But 
you could also just look at the other dude and watch his reactions. But if the guy's eyes are blocked by a visor and his head's not really turning, if he's facing that way the whole time, you don't have that cue. You know, um, they also practice that they don't put their hands up early. They wait till the last possible second to put their to, hands up early to not not clue them in that it, mm -hmm. that he's getting ready to catch. It. Yeah, you know, Beasley Reese, who I had the pleasure of working with the Channel Three, he played D back in the uh, NFL for five or six years, and um, he told me that they use this uh, this technique uh, called cluing, right? And so they're looking into the backfield. It's just a way to say that they look into the backfield and they look at the quarterback's eyes and try to see like where he's going back and forth. Typically, I mean, if a guy's like rotating, you can and scanning the field, you can see where he's going to go with it. But you could track a dude's eyes too at the same same time if he's not doing much, right? But it's fine. I never thought of that, right? If you're wearing a visor, you can't do that. Um so I wonder I wonder if if you know, there's there's a lot or there's a significant advantage to be gained by that versus like the drawback of wearing it in the first place. I don't know what the drawback of wearing a visor would be. And I don't know if it like if your peripheral changes or like if you some people just like to have like less stuff right in front of them. I'm, I don't know. I don't know, but it's interesting. I never I guess I never really paid attention. But. It helped with Danny and Thomas. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Best uh, visor wearers in the NFL. Yeah, he would be. He would be in it for sure. But I, 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 James, I, I, I everyone James. The whole Go point ahead. of that is like, man, they, they like. Guys like AJ Brown don't come around often, man. You know? No, I mean we're gonna have two a thousand yard receivers, and we're gonna have an a thousand yard running back after going from 2014, no a thousand yard receivers. And I don't know the last time someone ran for a thousand yards on the Eagles. No, I know that the last so the last time. Well, I think the stat from the other day was that the last time the Eagles had two guys who had a hundred receiving yards in a game. I think was the Foles, the Nick Foles, um, Oakland seven touchdown game. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think Riley Cooper and Deshaun, I want to say, both had, um, you know, of 100 in that game. But I get, you know, Jeremy Macklin had the like 1,300 yards or something in 2014. I think that's the last time they had a 1,000 yard receiver. But yeah, the last person to run for 1,000 would have been Shady in uh, 13, I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, one more thing before we bring the back king on. Um, <laughs> so you did you see the video of, a little baby and James Harden next to that mountain, absolute mountain yeah. of cash. Yeah. Now I don't care that you know James Harden's going out to the club. I mean they had three games in between between games. You know this was the most calculated uh, return back from an injury I've ever seen. <laughs> they were on a road trip. I know you called it pretty pretty easily. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I missed was uh, was little baby, but he was James Harden saw the schedule. He was like Houston looks great. I have three games in between. I'm going to go say hi to some friends in Houston and everything, but. If I'm the Sixers, I'm worried a little bit. And I'm not worried about James Harden. I'm not worried about Lil Baby. I'm not worried about anything else except for the fact that we didn't get anything about this on the radio, on Twitter, on any blowback I feel like would have ever, like before, you know, this year. I think last year, this is dominating potentially. 48 hours of, of sports radio, maybe even like, you know, but this is this is dominating at least from Angelo all the way to to Joe Julio on WIP. If I'm if I'm the, the Sixers, I'm worried that there is no juice in uh, for, for this season. And I think that tells you right there. It's a good take. Yeah. I mean, they, do people even give a shit enough to be angry about the Sixers anymore? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a good way to look at it. I, you know, there was also another quote, I think, from Doc where they, I think he said they didn't do a lot of practicing. I get they, they, what they have three days off in between games now. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't really practice because he said they only had like seven guys or something. Well, don't have a lot of practice time to begin with during the regular season because you're playing so many games. I mean, you got to use that time for what it's worth. I mean, surely you do something with the guys you have or, but yeah, I mean, to your point, man, I, I think that's, I think it's a good point. I, I guess I didn't consider that. You know, it's it just, there's no, there's no energy for this team right now. You know what I mean? Like I, I try, I turn the game on. It, you know, it's funny too, because I think coming off of the World Series, I feel like because people were riding that so hard, it's almost like people needed to kind of, you know, needed like a week or a week and a Level half. Set a little bit, yeah. De- detox from that, yeah, come back down off that. And then you had the Eagles too. So, you know, I think that I can understand. But now we've been detached long enough from the Phillies that you think the you know Sixers would have some more prominence and people would be talking about them. But they're just like, I don't know, man. They're exhausting. You know, they're exhausting. You watch that stretch where they didn't have, you know, Harden and Embiid, and they're swinging the ball around, and they're they looking like Brett Brown's old offense out there, and guys sharing the ball and taking shots or whatever. And now they're like back to being like a slow and a plodding offense. You know, it's just Harden comes back and he was what three for three for nineteen or whatever the hell. I don't even know what it was, but yeah, I don't know, man. It's just hard to get. I think Bob said it said it well the other day. It's just like I think people have spent a lot of energy on this team for however long now it's like i you know like wake me up when they get to the playoffs and we'll see what happens you know feels like the doug collins years again where it's just like you're in this 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 mediocrity kind of purgatory area right before the process where it was like yeah. obviously they shouldn't be a seventh or eighth seed but like it kind of feels like that if like if the sixers are going to be a fifth seed then you got to probably look yourself in the uh in the face if they if they can't make it past the second round again yeah, yeah. what yeah. do we do because we're just you know phillies fans have seen this movie before they're just left holding the bag after and everything being like spending a whole summer being like what are we going to do? What are we going to do? How many times can you watch, you know, Joel Embiid get the ball in the post and everything, or be up top, or James Harden shoot with the with the guy's hand in his face, or the the sometimes Tobias Harris ISO, you know, yeah. or your two two dribbles pull up <laughs> at the uh, at the elbow shot. Everybody just has it all. Everybody has it all like memorized to a T. Like you know, every every single player's like the tendencies and habits. I think it's harder in the NBA too because there's not as much turnover. Like when you have your core of superstars. Like those guys are with you for four or five, six years, you know, whereas like, you know, quarterbacks can, if, unless you got a generational quarterback, that guy's going to change pretty frequently. The players are going to change over pretty frequently. I mean, or unless you're Bryce Harper and you sign a 40 year contract or whatever, but yeah, I mean, I think people watch this like Sixers team. It's like, we've been watching kind of some version of this for a while now, you know, so it's hard to, there's just like, yeah, there's like no energy for that team at all. Well, speaking of Bryce Harper, uh, we have the man, the Bat King from Victus Sports, who customizes all of Bryce's bats, including the one, let's bring him on right now, including the one that was in the NLCS, the World Series, big time home runs. We've got Bruce Tatum on the Bat King. How are you, buddy? Good, man. Can you hear me all right? Yeah, yeah. you sound great. You sound great. Okay. Good, good, good. Nice to be with you guys. First, man, like you, you seem like you have like one of the coolest jobs in the world. Like you're designing <laughs> custom bats. They're, you know, the J Rod ones right behind you. You're doing it for Bryce Harper, Fernando Tatis Jr. Your custom skins are in the MLB, the show. You're doing collabs with Call of Duty. I just saw that. That was awesome. Did you ever think you were going to like have this job this cool? Uh, I'll tell you, uh, I try to temper my enthusiasm because of the boss here is that I love it that much. You know, <laughs> things get to be the way they are, you know, but uh, but it's it's, it's extremely exciting. Yeah, it's an opportunity that I never thought I would have, you know, and uh, for it to take off the way that it's taken off, it's it's been amazing. 
It really has been. So, how'd you get into designing bats? Well, my background is airbrushing. Uh, Victus reached out to me because they had a custom job that they wanted to have done, and uh, they they didn't quite have uh, the right person in house to do it. So I did that job. It was actually a bat for Johnny Gomes, and uh, I did that bat. Uh, they loved it, and then uh, Natural Light uh, reached out to them, and they wanted to get some bats done. The, so, the beer? Yeah. yeah <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so I did uh, I did a, that project, and when I came to drop the project off, they were like, we're not letting you leave. So, uh, you know, their sales pitch to me was, you can come here, and your only job is going to be to make awesome-looking bats. So it was a sell for me. <laughs> so That's not bad at all. Hey, what, what was uh, what was Chuck Liddell doing there the other day, Bruce? Well, uh, we met Chuck through a mutual friend of the of the business, and uh, had a chance to uh, to meet him face to face out in LA. And uh, I had the idea I wanted to do one of my custom bat heads of him. Yeah. You know, uh, so I did it. I got it to him, and then we decided to do a limited run where he autographed them. And uh, he came into town and uh, he was doing like autograph signing somewhere. So he came to the shop to check out the shop and do all that. And uh, yeah. it was it was fun. We got some more FaceTime with Chuck and uh, he's uh, he's quite a character. Man. Yeah. Pagan, <laughs> hey, is that what they, they have an autograph show this weekend or something? Is that because we kept uh, seeing notes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, OK, because we kept seeing Chuck Liddell show up at like every it was like he was like doing the tour of the Delaware Valley. He showed up at the Flyers game. He showed up at the. I see a picture of you guys on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. The gentleman that he was here with has connects all over the city. He's a he's an LA guy, but he's originally from Philadelphia. And uh, he just with those connections, when he brings people out here, he likes to really show them the town. So yeah, which is great for us because he always brings them by here. <laughs> Yeah. Chuck had a beautiful shiner on his face too. Good to see that he's still, you know, sparring a little bit in his in his retired days. Yo, know, I asked him about it and he did not answer me. So I was like, I'm not asking him twice. Oh, man. It may have been an unsanctioned, yeah, it may have been an unsanctioned fight or something yeah. here, you know. So maybe gotta, maybe, yeah, maybe he and Tito Ortiz ran into each other for like the tenth time or something. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, listen, I feel like if you are a UFC fighter, you go out to any bar, someone's just trying to pick a fight with you. Someone sees Chuck Liddell and it's like, you know, I just gotta fight this guy. Someone with an affliction t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be yeah, he looks like he could get right back in the cage <laughs> i know a tap, a tap out shirt or something yeah bruce what do you uh what are you like working on right now you got any cool projects you're doing or anybody that you're working with specifically uh, well uh we're doing uh some jordan alvarez bats <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know i know <laughs> that's a tough thing being a company that's you know based right outside of philadelphia you know, unfortunately, we can't only do Philadelphia bats. So, know. Uh, yeah. you know, I know uh, it is a cool project. Uh, that one will be going up on Instagram soon. Uh, but uh, we got some pretty cool, exciting stuff coming out for 2023. Uh, I've already started on uh, stuff for the All Star Game for next year. So, uh, wow. you know, they keep they keep me busy year round. So, but does yeah. the World Series? I mean, yeah, I know you're doing stuff for everybody nationally, but does the Phillies going to the World Series here help help the company or grow the profile or is you do you sense more excitement for baseball? Uh there was about probably two and a half weeks straight where we just constantly had uh, media here. It was it was it was to the it was crazy. It was uh it was almost like uh kind of like all right, I put the chain on and you know go into the automatic mode and pick up the airbrush and do this and that and uh and that was that was really exciting. It was like uh it it was a really fun time. And we actually uh I did a bat 
uh, the Ring the Bell bag. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was, you know, we're not licensed to do MLB logos. So that was pretty close to like on theme with the Phillies. And uh, we released that bat and uh, that bat sold really well. And, uh, you know, Kevin, and I, I've, been, I've been meaning to reach out to you because I got, I'm going to get one to you. So, oh, sweet. so right. no, I definitely awesome. want you to have a ring the bell. Yeah, no, no, I love Make it. Make sure I, you put some uh, Boyertown member, like some Boyertown imagery onto it. Yeah, Maybe yeah. actually, I have, I have the one. I have the crossing broad one on my. I should get it up off the off the wall yeah. down there. But um, yeah, no, it was cool. It's funny too because I just I saw Bruce's. Somebody just showed me like Bruce's stuff on Instagram, and I was like, oh, this is cool. I'll just throw it on the site. You know, it's fine because there's no people think there's some big like editorial process with crossing broad and usually it's just like oh this is like cool shit let's just throw it up on the same <laughs> yeah. yeah and then like bruce is like emailing me like two days later like oh thanks man i appreciate it so yeah it's all good it I was also man it, it it really helped jumpstart our the whole backing thing it really did uh mm -hmm. espn did uh they did their interview with me i think it was i think it was right after they saw the uh the, the the bat with uh harper down at uh spring training yeah so uh yeah. and it all just started gaining a whole bunch of momentum you know so uh because you hadn't been i don't i don't think you, you you had only been there for like a year or something at that point correct. right yeah, so you was, were still relatively yeah. yeah yeah so uh so then that the rest of that year i just kept grinding i tried to get as much custom out as i could and then the following year this year uh, they they had me on the road, you know, putting me yeah. in front of pros, and uh, it, it was it was really cool going out there and traveling and getting actually to hand the artwork to the guys, yeah. you know. So they, you know, so it doesn't look so much like oh, there's some company that they just did something, you know. It's like here's the artist, you know, with them, and I try and make stuff very not very personal, but personal to them. Mm -hmm. Like I did a bat for Manny Machado, and I added like his like favorite saying to the top of the bat, and you know stuff like that, and. Uh, uh, Ty France is, uh, you know, Tony Gwynn is like his idol. So I made sure I put a little nod to Tony Gwynn on his bat. And it means something to them and it helps create a better bond, something that they might not get by just ordering bats from another company. You know, Victus allows me to be able to really connect with players. And the, the thing that's so cool is, you know, I'm a lot older than these guys. <laughs> They're these young guys and they got so much personality. And, uh, you know, MLB is starting to do stuff to allow them to show that. But this year has really been the first year where we've been allowed to get them bats that they've used like in batting practice mm -hmm. and allow them to like show like a little bit about who they are. So, you know, it's been really exciting. So <laughs> real, real quick, since you since you brought it up, this just if you can explain to everybody what the rules are for bat usage, because they because MLB sanctions what the guys can use and what they can't use right so you design something cool for them they can they can take it to the home run derby they can use it in batting practice or whatever but as of right now they can't they it's they can't use it in a game yeah correct so basically mlb gives us a list of like colors and these are the colors that are allowed to go on the field during the game so the the the, the i guess the the exceptions to that is uh there's mother's day and there is uh the little league classic uh, Mother's Day, they're allowed to use pink bats. Uh, for the Little League Classic, I need to submit design to get them approved uh, by MLB. Uh, in the past, it was kind of like whatever you want to do. Uh, so I, I was I was able to sneak a little Uzi Vert bat on the field with Brandon Marsh. You didn't get the Brandon Marsh. That was awesome. Yeah. And did you yeah, sneak so one with uh, with Harper too? And it got and it went underneath the radar. 
Uh, well, not for the Little League Classic because okay. they weren't in the Little League Classic that year. But uh, but Harper did. I think it was in an All Star game where he took a bat out there. But uh, but so you have the Little League Classic. You have Mother's Day. Uh, they used to do the Players Weekend, but since they don't have that, those are really the only two days. But then we have the Home Run Derby, which they can use whatever they want. Uh, and this year, for the first time, you know, I did All-Star design bats for them. We did the Hollywood sign for the players, and a number of players took it on the field. And we didn't hear anything from MLB, so which was good, because usually we hear some of these fines coming. So, yeah. uh, so, yeah. uh, so, you know, we're hoping that that's going to be a trend for the All-Star game. They'll allow, allow them to use custom stuff. Uh but for right now, you know, I'm, I'm I'm trying to do as much cool stuff as I can, and hopefully, uh, there's enough stink about it that we can get a couple of these customs on the field during the regular season. So, do you kind of hope to like? I, I know Bryce sometime he put out that Instagram a couple years ago where he was like, "Hey, this is the bat that Victor's made for me." Unfortunately, according to MLB rules, I can't do that. Do you guys kind of like quote unquote hope that like you know these guys start you know speaking out or or talking about, "Hey, man, I'd love to use this because it's it be <laughs> you guys." Yeah, I mean, it, it, it would be great. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, they're going to say that and MLB is going to call us. Oh, really? <laughs> you know, so, yeah. yeah. So, well, yeah, whenever the uh, whenever the the, the Tatis uh, inter, interview uh, interview went out there uh, about his custom bat and then when they saw Bryce with his you know, we got a call reminding us like these bats cannot come onto the field, you know, and, mm. you know, to their credit, you know, I did a bat for Julio Rodriguez and he used it all during batting practice the entire year. And uh, we didn't hear a word. So I do think that, uh, that they are starting to just understand that, you know, th this isn't hurting the game, you know, uh, it's allowing these players to, to like show their love. You, you know, one thing that, uh, that, that we flag bats are a big thing. Like guys want flag bats so they can go represent their country. Uh, and it's kind of I think it would be kind of difficult for MLB to be like, you know, you're in batting practice swinging a Dominican Republic bat. We're going to find you like, you know, yeah, so uh, yeah. I think as long as we don't get crazy, like we're not going to put branding on there. Like I can't put a Nike symbol on a bat. I mean, that's just that's asking for trouble, you know, but uh, yeah. I think as long as we as we understand the business side of it as well, then uh, we might be able to fly under the radar a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah. And they're the one I mean, the players ultimately are like the ones who. If if that ever changes, you know, it's probably going to be from their recommendation or them pushing. I mean, their their words hold the most weight. You know, and I'm you know what I'm saying like if they like this, and uh, we get into a whole sidebar discussion, but we talk for an, an hour about this topic. You know, like the topic of like, well, you want players to have personality, and you want them to like. You're looking for, you know, you try to bring a young audience, and you want kids to be interested in anything that anything that can attach them to a player, or anything that's cool or different or whatever. It's not stiff, yeah. but. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not up to you guys. Like, it's going to be like the players push for it or like MLB changes or whatever. So I guess you just kind of have Correct. to go with the flow in a way, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what what I do is super unique uh, just because there's not, you know, a lot of bad companies will have like an airbrush artist or an artist for hire that, you know, we want to do this project, so we're going to hire you to do this. Me having the ability to do it every single day uh, allows me to to like work on things that might not be on the radar. So, you know, one thing for me that I would love to do is for whenever they do their like military weekend and all that stuff, I'd love to have a camo bat on the field. Yeah, it yeah. fits perfect with the theme. So, yeah. something like that, I think that uh, you know, designing it uh, and 
and and offering it out there could be a way to start it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, MLB saying, okay, well, we could see a camo bat being used in a military game, you know? So, uh, so, but, you know, I'm in it for the long haul. You know, this is only the, like, third year. Uh, so I don't want to cause too many ways. <laughs> They're like, no bat kings allowed in the stadium, yeah. you know? So, yeah. No, like, I going back to your flag, um, bad idea. Like, the World Baseball Classic this year would be perfect for that. If everybody had, like, the Dominican team had their custom, the Cuban team, the South, uh, mm-hmm. the Korean team and stuff, that'd be, that'd be dope. And then it just goes on. I'm not already working on that. Hey, there we go. I love that. I got less than 100 days, man. Good luck on that, man. That's awesome. Are the rules rules different for the World Baseball Classic because it's a different governing body and all that? Well, we haven't got any guidelines. So uh, our goal is to just get the bats to the players. uh, And, you know, for the most part, give it to them so they have it so they can use it in BP. they sneak it onto the field. That's a different story, but uh, we want them to have them for BP. So uh, yeah. that's Who important. Who gets the fines? Us. Do you guys get the fines or do the players get the fines? Uh, well, we get the fines. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rob well, Manfred. you know, <laughs> when you're making a bat for a player that's their gamer model that, you know, it's kind of hard to tell MLB. Well, we, we we told them not to use it, but we gave them all the tools to use it. Mm-hmm. So no, the bat king well, comes, he hands the bat off. It's like you do it this what you will. Yeah, you do yeah. That, you that should absolve you of liability at that point right there. Maybe we have to get somebody to write up the contractor. Bruce, when we were growing up, man, like. I don't know if you played baseball, but like metal bats, like you had the you had the black magic and had thunderbolts all around it. You had the east and that was all over. You had the yeah, remember the yeah. orange stealth? Like that was the brightest bat in the world. Yes, like you sir. can see stealth <laughs> from the center field and stuff. I can't believe yeah. they wouldn't let these these custom bats, but like everyone remembers those. And this is why Victus is so cool because you guys are like a, a disruptor in in the industry and you're and you're taking a you know a quote unquote boring sport like baseball and you're like making it cool and you're making it fun and you're in MLB the show and you're and and you're giving these guys personalities and everything. Do you think that's why Victus has been able to resonate so much with not only like famous MLB players but also young kids? Yeah, certainly. I mean, you know, almost every single person that works here loves baseball. Uh just just about all of them have played baseball. Uh the our CEO, Jared Smith, like his passion that he brings to it uh, from, you know, an ex-baseball player to from to a businessman to someone who knows about like the trends that are going on in the world. You know, we try to follow those closely. Uh, he brought a lot of his personality and what he his vision for, you know, what like moving away from the older, you know, like mm-hmm. you always want to have a nod to the old school but it's got to move into the future, you know, it's got to adapt. And I think that's the, I think that's the way that baseball survives it, it adapting. And, and, you know, my son, he, since he was T-ball players, always had an airbrush batting helmet, always had an airbrush batting. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, cause I want him to have a certain feeling when he goes out to the field and uh, same, same thing. That's what Victus does. We give these guys like a little bit of uh, swag when they go out there and, uh, it's important. It really is. And it keeps people engaged. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not exactly, I, I'm not sure exactly how to finish that statement, but uh, I just think that Victus has always not tried to go against the green, but tried to move it forward. And uh, I think we've done a good job of it. So yeah, 100%. Bruce, I, I, one of the things I found interesting when, um, you know, when I came down last year and you and I were talking is that I, I think you said you had like an automotive background, right? You were in, you doing like motorcycles and 
think you were doing shoes correct at the time yeah and yeah you know, i started uh go ahead sorry no no <laughs> i was just gonna say and yeah i, I just to finish the thought like i i i don't know i'm not an artist right so like my thought i guess is like you know somebody who does art or does something unique probably wants the largest platform they can do it on you know i mean a bat is a is a weird canvas right it's small it's circular you know it's it's cylindrical right and it's and i'm sitting here thinking like well how much can you really do with a bat to begin with but then i'm sitting there thinking i'm like well i mean you got tattoo artists who are like you know if you got full sleeves or something that's not a lot of surface area but you can fit so much cool stuff in there i was just i found it interesting that you said that you liked that canvas to work on because i never really thought of it that way you know yeah correct and you know my background is <clears throat> you know i started uh you know i started by airbrushing t-shirts and sneakers and canvas and all that and you know maybe a wall here or there but uh you know it uh you know i it it, it developed into uh motorcycle art and i had done that for like seven years and uh motorcycles are a unique canvas in their way too you know the the shapes and all that uh, but there's something about a baseball bat that I like that like roll, you know, where you can like, you know, there's artwork on this side. And then as you roll it, you just keep seeing the artwork as it rolls around. Uh, and it is it's a challenging canvas, but I feel like I kind of got a knack for how to lay it out and how to make it work. Don't get me wrong. I get curveballs all the time. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh, this would be dope on a bat. And I'm like, I don't know how I could pull that off. Uh, but, you know, I love challenges. So, yeah, it's know. interesting, man. You know, because I, I like I have walked into tattoo shops before with like an idea or something. And you can tell when the guy doesn't give a shit or he doesn't want to do it. You know, he'll be like, yeah, I'll do that for eight hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever. Right. Yeah. But I, I get the point that a lot of people want to. And you go to some shops now, too, where it's like they tell you what they want to do. Like I have guys that I've known for a while who they, it's like, I'm on their Instagram and it's like, here's what I'm interested in working on big color piece, small Japanese design or something like that. And they tell you what they want to do. How do you kind of balance out the stuff that you like and the projects that you want to work on versus having to like satisfy orders and, and do things for other people? <clears throat> well, uh, pretty much, you know, we have, we have our, our, our like a limited meeting and in there I'll, uh, I'll like show designs that I'm working on or ideas that I have. And, uh, you know, different guys will throw out ideas on things that they like and all. And, you know, it, it, you know, an idea has to sit in my head for a little bit. Like, I can't just be like, oh, you want this done on a bat? No problem. Let me do this. Uh, you know, I, I sit with it. I think about how I'm going to make it work. And, uh, and then I try my best to adapt it to, to my skills and, uh, and to what I think would ultimately work on that. So, uh, you know, it's a lot, like I said, there's a lot of ideas that people have and, uh, and it's just, I just have to like, one thing that I did for a number of years was I did computer animation and the whole thing was training your mind to look at the world and be able to build it in objects. So, you know, like, how do I make a Coke can? Okay. I got to start with the cylinder, all that stuff. So that's kind of how I approach, uh, bat art. Uh, and you know, some people will give me these really complex ideas, but when it comes down, am I going to be mass producing it? So I have to figure a way to deconstruct that idea to make it work to where I can do a lot of that. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, with you being so popular now, all your bats going viral. I'm sure dudes have jumped in your DMs and been like, "Hey, man, I need a custom bat." Like, dude, you're like 20th in line right now. I apologize, but 20th. I wish <laughs> it is a ton. And the you know, one thing we are we are trying to find me an intern because uh, you know, uh, all right, I, anybody that wants to be an intern. 
that's listening to Crossing Broadcast right now, you need an intern. Reach out to us at Victus, Bruce at VictusSports.com, man. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, I do limited drops, and they uh, I do a number of bats for that. Uh, and then I do all the custom, like, special one-offs. So uh, being able to do, like – like people, they, they DM me all the time. Like, do you do bats for regular people or just pros and celebrities? And I'm like, really, it's just, it's what I'm allowed to do. And right now, you know, I got to take care of all the big dogs first, you know? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That's I thought I it was them. With our... <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny, man. Cause like you're, you're so for like to, to paint a picture here, like Bruce's works shop is in like the far corner of the building. <laughs> You have to walk through like the entire building to get to back to to where he is. He's like the furthest you could possibly be away from uh, from Jared and from everybody. Jared, Jared's the uh, founder, right? Um, but it's funny, man, because you because I think you told me back then you were trying to find like the balance between like because he said he wanted you to do your own thing, right? But then at the same time, you have you have to you know, it has to be like within like what we're doing and what we're creating and here's what the order and here's who our clients are or whatever. So like, do you feel like you have a good like balance of like, Hey, I got my art artistic freedom, but Hey, we're still running a, a business here. You know? Correct. Yeah. You know, uh, and when, once the Phillies started going on their role, like we knew we wanted to do something and, uh, you know, I could have easily just did, uh, you know, Philadelphia Philly theme bats and just giving them to the players. But I knew for me, I was like, well, I don't just want to get basket players. Let's do something we can drop so people can share in the experience. You know, this is what we gave to the players for BP. And now you can have one as well. So uh, that's when, you know, I went back to the office. I designed the ring the bell. I didn't overly complicate it. So that way the price cost wasn't a lot for people. And, and it was something I could turn out quickly. So uh, that gave everyone a chance to kind of share in that experience. So. Uh, I think I'm starting to find that balance, <laughs> but there's always hectic times. Like when you have like when Jose Ramirez decides 24 hours before you jump on a plane, he's going to be in the home run derby. Got to do a custom bat real quick, <laughs> you know? So, but, uh, yeah, but yeah, it's fun. No, it's funny. It, it's funny, man. Cause any, anybody who's like, uh, it doesn't have to be just art. Like, like if you, if you, you, if you lump us all, if you lump like the three of us into a category and just say like creator, you know, anybody who creates anything, if you do content, if you write, if you do art or whatever, like a lot of the times we probably do our best work when we're just left the fuck alone, to be quite honest, you know, but we're not, not like naive to the fact of like, yes, we have like bosses and we have like stuff that needs to be, it has to be like within this, yeah. this frame or whatever, you know, but like I, I, uh, you know, there, cause there would be like, <laughs> You know, like the old version of CB, I would, I would go like three weeks at a time without talking to anybody. You know, I just like pick up a computer and type, type, type. All right, we're done for the day. I pick up a computer, type, 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 you know, but I guess it's all just like find it, finding a balance, right? I mean, like you want to be able to kind of do your thing and like work and creative types work well on their own. But then like, all right, we're going to touch base. We're going to make sure it's all good. And I guess it's just about finding the right, uh, you know, ver are the, the work version of work-life balance, you know? Correct. And, you know, I try to live my life by balance. That's what I feel. You know, the, the more, you, you know, the more it's determined by what you add and subtract, you know. So I will say that the one thing that I do, I, I put a lot of work in. And with that, they do give me a lot of freedom. So they see that I'm willing to work hard and that I'm passionate about what I do. And it's like, you know, let's let the back king roll with this. And, you know, sometimes Jared come to me and he'll be like, you know, I really need you to design this bat for me, you know, and it's like, yeah. all right, no problem. Let me, let me make it work for you, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but <laughs> what's your favorite design ever? 
My favorite of yours, uh, the Jerks and Profar Rush Hour one was my favorite one so far. Oh, you like that? Okay. Yeah. I've got a Rush Hour 2 going for Kim. So that okay. one hasn't, uh, I haven't sent that to him yet. But uh, but yeah, he was a little uh, a little jealous when I gave that to Profar. <laughs> He's like, where's mine? I'm like, well, just we make this, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, so, uh, but uh, probably my favorite bat, uh, I mean, I can grab this is. Uh, this one hopefully we'll release it. that's right you this got 100 bats one. around you i'm surprised you yeah, dropped one of them. <laughs> the pencil bat the, the pencil, number two yeah. pencil this, yeah yeah let me see which way there we go the number yeah. two pencil bat so it's probably one of my favorite bats that i designed so uh <laughs> he's a pretty cool bat so then probably behind is the bryce harper bat head which just fell so. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right just make another one you're the, yeah. i think you know that um, it's funny. I had uh, I had uh, I had John Crook reach out to me, and he's like, "Do you think you can make me a Bryce Harper bat head? I could get him to sign." And I'm like, "Dude, you're John Crook. Yes, whatever you want. Just let me know." Jeez. <laughs> you know, so it's funny. But, oh man, hey Trey Turner, just signed with the yeah. Phillies. He's a Marucci guy, and I know Marucci's like your your parent company, or they bought you guys a couple Marucci's years ago. Our parent company. You hoping that it, you know Trey Turner might be making a uh, a pit stop over to Victus sometime soon? Yeah, we're hoping that we can get a number of the Phillies in here this offseason. Depending on where Bryce might be rehabbing might be kind of tough, but uh, I know we're going to have Marsh coming through. Hopefully Turner will come through with him and uh, maybe a couple other guys. But uh, the nice thing with with Marucci being our parent company is uh, I'll definitely be getting Turner a sweet custom. Definitely. Nice, man. So, that, yeah, dude, that so. that's awesome. Do when um, I might have to put Marucci logo on it, but <laughs> I hear you, I hear you. But uh, when 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 players come in from outside and they come play the Phillies, do they come visit you guys, or do you more go down to the stadium, or do you more fly out the custom bats? Uh, it it depends. Uh, from time to time, we'll have players come in house. It really depends on you know, what day off they have, if that works for them. Uh, some guys might not have a day off or they do, but they have something already set up. Uh, what we had tried to do last year uh, with Julio Rodriguez, uh, since since he's our guy, uh, we wanted to go out, see the Mariners. It just so happened that they were playing the Padres. We had a bunch of guys on the Padres. So we kind of made it one big trip to go out and meet them. Uh, you know, we're probably going to try to do one or two of those trips uh, throughout next year. Uh, we don't want to overwhelm these guys and overstep our bounds by always being in their clubhouse and, and all. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, if you see them like once every couple of years, you know, that's that that won't get on the nerves. <laughs> so. Nice, man. And, and people can buy the all these bats on Victus. I know you guys have metal bats that you're getting into. You got a uh, lizard tape. You got gloves, yeah. all this stuff going on now. And well, then you just buy them sticks, right? Correct. We are our metal and wood bats are inside of Dick's Sporting Goods. We have a new Knox drop in in the first quarter of next year. So that's that's a pretty, pretty big release for us. We're pretty excited about that. Our Knox is probably our coolest and best metal bat that we have, in, in my opinion, in my son's opinion. We do have our Vandal, which is a, a well-balanced. The Knox is inloaded, uh, which he tends to like. So, uh, yeah, they can uh, they can get them online from us or they can go to Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, you can get custom ones done on uh, on VictusSports.com. Uh, limited stuff. Uh, a lot of limited stuff is sold out, uh, mm. but we do have new limited designs coming out next year. So right. I, don't, I don't know if you guys know this or not. Have you seen the flyers uh, yeah. with their uh, post after the games with the with the player of the game yeah. uh, bat? So yeah. that bat uh, I had a chance to do for them, and uh, which is pretty cool. And I'd like to see a little more wins. <laughs> so, so. Well, uh, yeah, you know what? I kind of think you're doing a great service. Of course, you want to see more wins because you know you want to get the bat. <laughs> 
on the Instagram. Uh, no, it's all about the Flyers, man. Conversely, <laughs> I would love to tank hard for Connor Bedard. Oh, so gosh. I love you, Bruce. I appreciate you coming on. The more we see that bat, the worse the draft is going to be. So next year we can do the same bit. We'll do the same bit okay. next year. All right. Well, they did have me on that bat. It does say uh, like 2022 on that bat. So uh, so we can do a 2023 version next year. So no, you're you're 100 right. Hey, before I let you go, I got to put you on the spot. Who takes the best hacks at Victus? Oh gosh, uh, we got this guy Doug Trimble. Uh, he likes to call himself the Velo God, yeah. <laughs> and I do share an office with him, so I don't want him to leave like tuna fish in the trash can or anything. So he takes the best hacks. He's hit like I think like 104, 105. So he's no joke. That's a nice <laughs> yeah. exit, Velo. Okay. Yes, okay. it is. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, we actually got one more from uh, from a listener, Nick Sturz. What's the one athlete you want to make one for that you haven't yet? That I haven't yet. Uh, oh, that's a good. Wow, that's a good question. Hmm. Uh, oh man, that is putting me way on the spot. By the way, while Bruce thinks of, while Bruce thinks about it, they have a, like a batting cage in the all, like in the building in the office. Yeah, I go to I go to meet up with them, and I'm standing there with like a you know holding my computer or whatever, and the employees are just ripping like baseball. Yeah, did you take hacks? No, no, I wasn't gonna <laughs> ask. To do, no, I'd be kind of like douchey. Hey, I'm here to interview you guys, but can I get a few swings in here? You know. <laughs> Uh, you know what? I mean, thinking back, we probably should have had you do it. It's like tradition, man. We should have recorded it too. We could have used it for the content. I haven't played since like like Boyertown, you know, midget baseball in like fifth grade or whatever. So I don't, it probably would have been ugly. You know? yeah. But hey, Bruce, who do uh, you think? Our, okay. Who do you think you would uh, okay. uh, want to make a bat for? Uh, and and I'm I like to, I've been wanting to make a bat for this guy, and I'm actually getting I'm actually uh, starting to design the bat's nest for O'Neill Cruz. Hey. So, uh, yeah. So we had a guy here say, how about a bat that says cruise missile on it? Stuff like that. So right. yeah. So uh he uh he's one that I've been wanting to. He's a he's a beast, man. And yeah, uh, he is. you know, so I'm actually getting to do that. So uh I had it's not finished, so I can say that's one that I want to do. That's, that's awesome, cool. man. That's so cool. That's so cool. Well we we'll we'll uh We'll look for your journey. Underscore bet underscore king on Instagram, underscore bet underscore king on TikTok, I believe too, right? Uh yes. Yes. Yeah. I, I love yeah. your TikTok in here. Yeah. So if you basically follow him on Instagram and you follow him on TikTok, it's the yeah. same content, but follow him on both. Be a good person. Yeah. And uh and, and keep up with the journey. I mean, you do some awesome stuff and uh and, and we'll look forward to it. Hey, if you guys need anything, just hit us up. All right. Thanks, Bruce. <laughs> all right. If I got a beer league, I've got like a little softball beer beer league coming up. Maybe I'll, you know, whip out the no. nicest bat they've ever seen in beer league history. <laughs> Not a problem, man. Just let me know. All right. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you, man. That's nice. Yeah. That was a Kincaid on it, too. Kev's showing the bat right now for the people on the podcast. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Yeah, pretty sick, huh? Damn. No, it's awesome. It's like the coolest thing anybody's ever like made for me ever. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the coolest shit I've ever seen, you know. So yeah, I gotta hang it up in the thing there, you know. So um, nothing really broke while we were talking to him. Just really Dan Snyder stuff. Bruce Allen testified to the House Oversight Committee that an NFL executive told him that Dan Snyder's representatives leaked the John Gruden emails last year, which eventually led to Gruden resigning. Mm. Shocker, I think everyone kind of penciled that one in. Yeah, Dan Snyder is a, a piece of shit. Film at eleven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's really it that I've got for the rest of this podcast. You got anything? No, uh, we're going to try to get some flyers. So we're going to do some like flyers torts talk. There's some torts stuff we got to catch up on. He thinks that uh, morning skates bullshit. 
Um, Travis Konechny pushed Ovechkin after the empty net goal. The other, we'll, do, we'll get some flyers on here, we promise. Maybe we'll get Russ and Ant in here. Maybe we'll do a crossing broad snow the goalie crossover. Crossover. Yeah. Ooh, look at you. Look at you. Yeah. All right. Well, that is the broadcast for today. Thank you to the Bat King. Thank you to Craig for staying awake for the whole time. Thank you to Kevin Kincaid. We will talk to you on Tuesday.